Good evening, welcome to episode 50, this is the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my two cohorts and my partners in crime, Big A, the Mank Geek. Alvin, say what's up. Evening, what's up? And in the other corner, we've got the wrestling kid, Rich Reviews. Rich, <laughs> say what's up, man. What's up? <laughs> and it sounds like Rich has got Luca in his corner as well. <laughs> By the way, Luca is Richard's son, for those who don't know who are listening yeah. to this. Um, so, yeah, it's not an imaginary person that he's got in his corner. His Lucas, I'm a Star Wars fan. Lucas guy. Alvin claims to be a Star Wars fan. I don't have any kids to my... call to give Star Wars names, mate. Yeah, well, go start, go start making some. How about that? <laughs> go start making some. I could just do it in the kitchen or something. Make a kid. Hey, listen, have you, have, have you never seen Sunset Beach, mate? Like, people were getting pregnant with turkey basters all the time. Right? So, you know. Yeah, well, when I get a uterus. <laughs> Apparently it's easy, man. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us. If you're new, welcome. Uh, as you probably know by now, we are now available on iTunes and on Stitcher. I'll let you know how you can subscribe to both of those if you're an iTunes or a Stitcher user. Um, so I'll give you all of the details towards the end of the show uh, about how you can get involved with that. But we're going to jump right into it because uh, today is a very special episode. Uh, today we want to actually give you a chance to get to know uh, some of us. And so today's episode will be the first in a couple that we'll do, which will be designed to kind of give you more of an idea of who we are and the kind of things that we like and, and what makes us the geeks we are and why we do what we do, basically. So today we've got a few questions that we're going to ask uh, the wrestling kid, Rich. Uh, he's going to try his best to answer those questions as honestly as he can. Um, and based on those answers, you can draw the conclusions as to whether you think he's a psychopath or not based on those. So it should be a good laugh and hopefully nobody will get hurt. But if things get like dangerous and you hear people screaming and shouting and stuff, then um, somebody better call the police or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's get started. Let's first of all cover a few things that uh, we missed out on the last podcast, unfortunately, because of when we record. Um, the trailer for Logan has been out for a little while now, for about two weeks. Um, Logan being the final installment, as we're being told, of uh, the Wolverine movies, for those who are fans of X-Men and the character Wolverine. Uh, Hugh Jackman will be making his final appearance, so he says, as Wolverine in this movie, Logan, which will be out in March. So we had a, an official trailer released uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, and generally the reaction around uh, the geek community seemed to be pretty positive. People seem to really be liking it. Um, so first of all, uh, Alvin, are you excited for Logan based on this trailer or not? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say I am because like, it's not like other movies, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a character analysis. That's what I see it as. So it's not about, you know, being the, the biggest kind of thing or whatever, the biggest action scenes and all this craziness. It's about the characters in that moment and whatever's happening in their lives. And I'm kind of glad that it's it's smaller, that it's a smaller movie, and that it will kind of like focus on more of the say, well, close quarters combat um, rather than anything else. So no, I think I thought it looked pretty good, and like I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. Cool, cool. And Rich, how about you? Did you um, get any excitement out of the trailer itself? Was there anything that you thought was making an impact with you, and you thought would um, 
give you some some kind of a, a real Wolverine movie in the sense that the last two were kind of a bit hit and miss? Um, yeah, well, yeah, it, it definitely seems interesting. I mean, I'm actually a fan of the actual um, Old Man Logan, the original story, not the Old Man Logan that's in Marvel now. But like, um, I, I, th I thought it was like it was like a really original take. And this movie seems to be following, you know, following the same steps of like, you know, treating Wolverine, you know, like the character that, that we know and love. Um, in that respect, I'm the only reason I'm not like super, super excited is because the Wolverine films in general have been kind of been pants. I mean, like, the last one was that was actually OK. It had lots of really good moments in it. It but fell it down at like, the end, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's like, I against CGI, CGI Samurai. I was like, oh, man, come on, yeah. like, stop. Like, Stevie Wonder could have seen that was bad. Like, that was just, <laughs> it was just it was long. So, um, so, so like, so I, I'm still holding my reservations out for the film, but it, it does look good. I, I, you know, I can't deny that. Yep, cool. Yeah, I'd agree with both of you, really, Um, in a sense that <clears throat> I'm also not hugely excited about Logan, partly because the previous two films that we've had from Wolverine solo outings for Wolverine have been quite disappointing, really. Um, the Wolverine, the second film, definitely was was strong for the first two acts, but then the third act just really kind of falls apart for me, um, especially, as you said, Rich, with the CGI Silver Samurai. That really annoyed me, especially as I'm quite a big fan of that character from the comic books. The character's so cool, and it's like they ruined him by making a him a cgi cyborg type thing and it just, it, you know it just made no sense and then there was viper in there for no reason whatsoever and it, yeah there was a lot of things that that kind of fell apart in in the third act of that movie so it, it's kind of tempered my excitement a little bit for for logan but this trailer does look very promising it's a very different look for a, a comic book trailer in the sense that it looks like it's inspired by a lot of like classic westerns and um, you know, it's set out in a in a kind of desert environment. Um, you know, the the Logan character looks almost like an, an aging gunslinger, almost who's you know been pulled out of retirement one last time to save um, somebody or to help somebody along the way, as is often the case in those classic westerns that that you got from the uh, American cinema. So, yeah, I like those elements of it. Um, I like. Uh, the look of X-23. Um, I think we all can agree that it is X-23. I don't know why mm. they're not saying it's X-23, but um, yeah, it seems pretty obvious that it is. So um, I like the look of, of what they've done with X-23. She looks like quite fierce and quite savage as well. And she looks like a young Wolverine. Like if you could imagine Wolverine without um, any kind of influence from Professor Xavier or any life experience, any training, but with the same power set. Um, that's kind of what she reminds me of. So I like what they've done there with the character. Um, I'm a bit bummed out, though, that they've not included Mr. Sinister. Apparently, from what I've read online, Mr. Sinister is not in this movie. Um, what? Six. Yeah. Then what the hell was with that sting at the end of bloody um, the last X-Men movie, Apocalypse? Yeah, I know. That, that Why do that? The whole thing redundant, really. It was, it was utterly pointless. But apparently, James Mangold confirmed, who, who's the writer and director of the film, he confirmed that uh mr sinister is not in this so um yeah that's that's very disappointing for me it really is actually um because as you said alvin what's the point of having that thing at the end did you did you know that rich that he's not in this as well you know what that's what i'm trying to say so i'm not super excited about his x-men movies bro like <laughs> they, they, they're mine 
So I didn't know that. Am I upset? No. Yeah. Am I surprised? No. Like, but um, I see the apocalypse. So like, it doesn't. That doesn't really bother me anyway. But in saying that, the reason why I love like, if you've read the old man Logan story in the comic books, he goes up against like the Incredible Hulk's, and he goes up against all these other characters. So that's why I'm still kind of holding reservations about this anyway. So you saying that Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister's not in it doesn't bother me because there were other characters that I would have liked to have seen anyway. So yeah, but that's you know that's that's Fox. Fox don't know the ass on their elbow. Yeah, unfortunately, there's definitely especially when it comes to the X Men, it really seems that they they just don't know what they're doing. I mean, we've got like a we've got a new mutants movie that's on the horizon. Um, we've got, uh, apparently they are going to do another X-Men sequel. I don't know if that's going to be a straight sequel, if that's going to be a reboot. I, I don't know, but apparently there's plans um, in the works for that. They've not like necessarily drawn a line under the X-Men either. Um, so there is still things that they want to do with those characters, but what they do remains to be seen, really, because they've, they've so far, as said for me, as someone who's quite a big X-Men fan as well, like it just doesn't feel like I've ever really, aside from maybe X-Men First Class, it doesn't really feel like I've ever got like an, an X-Men movie, you know? It, it's always felt like, remember the, the animated series Wolverine and the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always felt like that, but in, but in the sense that they've done a worse job, because even in Wolverine and the X-Men, the X-Men still got like plenty more character time and, and you know, more development, and there was just more focus on some of the other characters. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of ours this week, Rich, and he was saying about, you know, how badly Cyclops has been treated by you know, a series of films. And Oh, yeah, uh, terrible. It's true, yeah, you know, the, the treatment he's got has been woeful, like, just, you know, considering how important a character he is. I mean, I get it, but he's not everybody's cup of tea, and some people think he's boring and so on and so on. But the point is, he's, he's still a vitally important character to... To the x-men so for him to be treated in the way he has by the movies is is really really disappointing to said as a, as a fan of that so so yeah we we should have to wait and see what they do with logan but logan will be out in march of uh, this year um i'll definitely be going anyway um because hey it's logan and you know i'm a comic book junkie and i need to get my fix so i'm gonna go see that so We'll move on from Logan and we'll go on to the other big trailer that we missed, which was for Power Rangers. Now, um, when I was talking to you guys, um, I admitted that, you know, I'm not really that big a Power Rangers fan um, and I'm not that well versed in, in Power Rangers kind of lore and um, what the mythology is around those characters. Uh, but both Alvin and Rich are fans and, and been fans for a long time and they know uh, a lot more than I do. So. Guys, I'm going to pass this one, pass the ball over to you. Um, what did you both think of the trailer? Um, did you think it was kind of in the spirit of the TV show? Or do you think <laughs> they're trying to do something new? Um, I'll start with you, Richard. Uh, it looks all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like neither, 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 neither. I'm not really super excited about it. To tell the truth, I'm just really hoping that they do some like decent martial arts in it. That's about it. Like, you know, like I've I've seen some of like the martial arts that they do on a TV show, and in the you know, and it's over exaggerated and very like you know, uh, Chinese opera traditional as well. So I don't I don't mind that. And then I've seen some of the martial arts that you get in TV shows that are done by like Disney XD. 
you know, that lab, you know, that lab rats and, you know, and, and a couple of those other shows and, and it's decent for what it is. So I'm hoping that this will be, you know, will be a step up from that or a couple of steps up from that. The storyline, I don't care. The storyline for the Pirates anyway. It was basically, or the TV show was basic, it was basic, if anything, like, I guarantee you, <laughs> if I name uh, Power Rangers full name, you, you couldn't tell me. Name me a full Power Rangers name. I can tell you one full Power Rangers name, the Green Ranger, named Tommy Lee. Like, that, they, they, like no effort was put into that. Yeah. So mm. did this whole film in general where they're trying to make them, they're trying to make it like a breakfast club. And, you know, teenagers growing up and getting superpowers. Don't bother. Like, like don't even bother. There's lots in there and then just keep people like me happy. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then, you know, then you, you'll get my money. But um, am I looking forward to it? No, not really. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I got a strong sense of, like, kind of teenage angst from the trailer. It looked, um, like you said, very kind of breakfast clubby. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But <laughs> um, Alvin, by your, your laughs and your snore, <laughs> <laughs> and I assume you, you're, you're not too impressed with that trailer, though. No? no, you know what, right? <clears throat> I want, see, this is the thing. I, when the trailer dropped, I thought, be better than the last one. You know what I mean? Actually look, like, really good. Like, don't shy away from it or anything like that. Just show us, show us what you got. I don't, like, I understand that there's a lot of Power Rangers fans that are, like, you know, their the hopes and dreams are on this movie because there's not been a Power Rangers movie in the cinemas since, like, the last one in, like, 2000, and, uh, 2094 or 95 or whenever it was, mm. right? So I get that they're freaking excited, but th the effects look like they hadn't finished rendering. The suits, the, the kind of look like Iron Man suits, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a way that could keep kind of like the design of the old suits and kind of modernize it and make it kind of look good and that. They didn't have to go that far. Like the tone of the piece was like all over the place. One minute it's they're trying to be funny with pissing that cup, serious, and then it's all goofy again. Uh, like I just, I just saw this like spaghetti of different things, and I was just like, mm, nah, man. Like if someone's excited for it, that's that's cool. That's on them. But like, I don't think this movie's gonna have any good martial arts. I think the action is gonna be not even like that great or anything that we've not seen before. And the Megazord looked pretty shit, to be honest. I thought it looked fucking terrible. It, it's too much gray on it, you know what I mean? Don't be afraid of what Power Rangers is. It's like, it's a cheesy superhero show and you can do superhero and have it not be as cheesy as a TV show is or was, you know what I mean? But you don't have to go, okay, let's do teenage angst, let's do comedy, let's do all these things and try to mix it into a thing that doesn't really work. You know I mean? There's certain ways of doing that. I feel, I, f I feel from what I saw in the trailer, that like this film will fail in trying to be to everyone. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to say, like, I mean, because I said to you guys when I first saw the full trailer, I was like, I couldn't really tell who this was being marketed to. Like, is it being marketed to you know fans and to like that nostalgia element and to the, the the people who remember the tv show are they are they marketing this towards a new audience and are they looking to to kind of pick up new viewers and new fans it's it's, it's kind of hard to tell and and the whole thing with the megazord i guess the, the problem that they've got is that to you know people who are not familiar with power rangers 
um, they may see the Megazord and, and, and all of those kind of things and, and just instantly think, oh, this is just a ripoff of Transformers. <laughs> um, <laughs> why anybody would want to rip off Michael Bay's Transformers films, I don't know. But, you know, that might be the, the, that might be the connection that some people who aren't well-versed in, in, in Power Rangers make. So it's, it's kind of tough to see where the, the, this film is supposed to, to kind of fall, really. I mean, I, I don't really know. So... It, it was an odd one. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind about it because it's, it's for me, from my point of view, it's something different. I had said I'm not familiar with Power Rangers, so, you know, I'll probably go and watch it at some point and, and see what it's about. But, yeah, it was tough for me to, to really kind of get behind it and say, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, you know. So, I think it'll still make money, though. Yeah? Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon it's still it um, Isn't it March as well? But uh, isn't it no, close to Wolverine, isn't it? I believe it's May, actually, that it comes out. I'll just double-check. May? Yeah, I'll double-check. Hold on. Uh, sorry, carry on, Alvin. Yeah, no, no I, think, I think it'll still make money just because, like, obviously you've got the kids. Kids are watching Power Rangers now still. They'll want to go and see it. Obviously, old school is one of them want to go and see it. And just, like, your average Joe will just go, oh, what? It's an action film. Okay, I'll go and see it. And I reckon it didn't cost that much to make. So I think it'll actually make a profit. Yeah, what do you think, Rich? Do you think it'll make money? I think it'll make decent money. I don't think it'll make crazy money. It won't, it won't make like Bill Gates money. It might make like some B-list actor money. Um, but they're already talking about they're already talking about making it making it a trilogy. That's oh the thing. God. So like, so they, they've they've obviously got some form of faith in it. And like you said, if they're smart, I think the way how they're able to capitalize on on the franchise is that. Maybe link these this film if they can into, into the TV series somewhat. Um, I caught clips of one TV series yesterday, and it's basically the Power Rangers are able to use all of the Power Rangers powers that have ever existed. So like you know, so I, I found that I found that concept quite interesting. That acting is still nonsense, <laughs> martial arts, but um, I think that I think that would be a way to you know to because remember you have, to, you have to take into account this franchise has been going for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Fair point. I've just looked it up, by the way. It's out uh, March 2017. Um, okay. I can't see so a specific March. release date, but yeah, it's March. So yeah, that's very close to release your final closer, uh, your final trailer as well. How can mm-hmm. you release your final trailer like literally like two months before the film's coming out? That's crazy to me. That's like mental. And they've got a lot of competition as well because just looking it up here, they've got so Logan is out in March, Kong Kong Skull Island is out in March. Um, Power Rangers, obviously, and then Ghost in the Shell are all out in March. Oh, well. for real? All so, those? Yeah, there's a lot of competition that they're up against there. So mm, that's a tough one, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's difficult to see where where they're going to go with that one. Um, but yeah, Rich, did you want to add anything else? Uh, no, 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 no. That that was it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No worries. Well, uh, sadly as well, very recently we had uh, the passing of a, a very iconic British actor. Um, John Hurt passed away uh, peacefully. Um, he's somebody who's, you know, well, well known to to people both who are fans of stage and of film and who are fans of every genre from historical epics to sci-fi to classic adaptations of, of English literature, he, you know, John Hurt had, had done it all. Um, and it seemed like in life he was uh, 
you know really a man who people respected and, and had a lot of love and, and time for um, but in particular because we're geeks obviously he he had quite a big uh, imprint on some of the things that we love as well um richard recently posted something on uh, his social media on his instagram page about uh, john hurt and the kind of influence that he had um on sci-fi um so richard do you want to just say a couple of words about what you did on, with that post and and why kind of john hurt was was so important to you yeah no the, hey hey i didn't say it was important to me you just throw me on the bus here yeah i'm just saying that um he's, well, he's been important to you because you posted about him in it so no, 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 no. Okay, all right. What I'm just saying is that this is going weird. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, like it's turning to. No, I don't care about John Hurt. That's all. Like, <laughs> sorry, go. Give me two seconds. Okay. okay no. So basically, one of John, um, like he, he, I've, I've liked him in the films that I've seen him in. So, I've, so the film, the main films I remember seeing him in are, is one called Midnight Express, which is like a, an amazing um, story about this guy who tries to smuggle drugs into Turkey, and, and John Hurt plays his um, his uh, his uh, um, cellmate who helps to keep the, the main character sane. Um, mm. But you know, by doing meditation and things like that, it's, 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 it's actually it's a really good film. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. And there's, there's obviously Alien in which John Hurt's in. And the, and the post that I wrote about was that basically it's easily one of the best scenes in cinema for me. Um, and, it, and it harked back to a time when there wasn't a lot of CGI being used and everything was done, you know, like with puppets and animatronics and stuff like that. But the thing about that is that John Hurt makes that scene work. The animatronics doesn't make, doesn't, doesn't make, doesn't make it work. Like his acting is so on point. And um, there's that, I mean, I say it in the post as well, but in um, the script that was given to the, the cast who were in that scene, nobody actually knew what was about to happen. So John Hurt starts having these convulsions and starts, you know, starts spitting up stuff and spitting up blood. And they generally thought he was ill. And there's, and you, if you watch the clip, there's, there's one bit of the clip where he goes into convulsions and he just kind of stops. And then they kind of stop. And then he just does like a little quick convulsion again. And there's one of the girls in the background and her mouth is just her hands just to her mouth, and you can just see the shock in her, in her eye. And then the alien, you know, the 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 queen alien or the alien busts out of his chest. And it's just it's just an amazing scene, just just pure acting at its finest, you know. And then um the other post I did was that he was a uh, he played them um, the war doctor or the forgotten doctor, you know, Doctor Who series. And um I just thought that he brought just something really really fresh to the to the to the Doctor Who character, a really different spin on it. Uh, for someone who is uh, seen to be a lot more dark and violent as compared to everything else that we've had with the Doctor that always seemed to be that really cool science teacher who, you know, you think is really cool, but you find out he's probably sleeping with, like, you know, one of the six formers. But, hey, I'm just, I'm not talking from experience. I'm just saying that's what I imagine it to be. But, um, so in that respect, like, I, I respected his acting in, in those things that I've seen him in. And I'm sure there's a, a host of other things that he's been, he's been in that, I can't remember or I haven't seen. So, like you said, Jason, he's, he's been on stage, he's been on television, and he's been in the film. And I'm sure he's done loads of narration as well because he, he's got one of those voices, you know? Yeah, he has, yeah. Yeah. So, so like I said, so I would have said he was important to me, but he was definitely, definitely, he was an amazing talent, you know? Hmm. Yeah, cool, cool. Understandable, man. Understandable. Um, Alvin, did you want to chime in with anything as well? Yeah, no, just like, yeah, pretty much just echoing what Richard said, really, like, especially the War Doctor, just because that was a very important character because the whole kind of revelation and reveal about 
Doctor. We didn't know there was an extra, an extra version of the Doctor before, like during the Time War. You know, I mean, we assumed it was Paul McGann, and then he became Eccleston. The fact that there was one in between that we didn't know about, it was a wicked reveal. Like in the episode, the name of the Doctor, when like he first appears and you hear his voice, it's fucking wicked. And then also like in the 50th, uh, the day of the Doctor, like him, Tennant, and Smith all together, like for yeah. an hour, just all riffing off each other and just like quality acting is is literally phenomenal. Like I'd said, anyone should like track down the name of the uh, the name of the Doctor and then the day of the Doctor. For the 50th and that was like four years ago but yeah yeah track them down watch them they're, they're really good and just yeah just watch any other stuff that he's been in as well and also i'll never forget the fact that um i don't know if any of you remember farscape but the guy who voiced pilot in uh farscape based pilot's voice on john hurt mm. wow oh wow <laughs> i didn't even know that that's that's amazing yeah, that's amazing. I remember that he was um, one of the characters in the original animated version of Lord of the Rings as well. Oh, that seventies one. Yeah, yeah. He, he. I think he was Frodo. In fact, I'm sure he was. You, you know what? I'll, I'll look it up. But I'm, I'm sure he was Frodo in Lord of the Rings. Either Frodo or I think maybe Aragorn, possibly. I, I, thought, I thought it was Aragorn. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right, Rich. Yeah, it's Aragorn. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, listen, it is, it's Aragorn who, who he voiced um, in the original Lord of, the Sing, uh, Lord of the Rings animated cartoon. And if you haven't seen that before, by the way, go and check it out. It is really amazing. There's a piece of like kind of 1970s British stark as hell animation. It's, it's really good. Really, really good. Um, that's one thing we do well, boy. We, we know how to make some, some shit look dark. <laughs> so, mm. so go check Watch it out. down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watership down. Good <laughs> lord! Wow, that, just the name alone, like, <laughs> brings out uncomfortable emotions in me, man. Yeah. I saw that as a kid, and yeah, that that scarred me. So yeah, let's move on from Watership Down, man. But right, let's uh, talk a little bit about Resident Evil Seven, which um, most of you listeners, I'm sure, who are listening to us, have been playing the game or have at least played the demo. Um, Richard and myself got the opportunity to go to a Resident Evil uh, experience event in central London uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, we wrote about it actually on the blog, so if you do want to read like our full review of the event and, and what we made of the experience, you can check it out there. Uh, just head to www.wulongtalks.com uh, and you'll find a full rundown of it there. Um, but they said we got to, to try out the, the game and, and the VR experience for it as well. And the, the game is is absolutely amazing. I mean, I can probably go on a bit more, but I, I, I don't want to because the truth is when I put on the VR headset, I got a banging headache almost straight away because I'm one of those people who actually suffers from motion sickness quite badly. Um, so virtual reality is, is off limits to me at the moment until the, the technology changes. Um, but what I will do is I'll let Richard speak on it because he, he actually got really hands-on um, with the VR experience. So Rich... Um, you know, if you want to just give like a little flavor of what it was like to play Resident Evil with VR for the listeners, uh, please do. Yeah, um, I have to admit, before playing this, I'd never done VR before, and I and I really was skeptical. Um, like to me, like as far as I'm concerned, if if we're gonna do VR, after seeing things like The Matrix, like I, I want my VR to be that thing where it plugs into the back of my head and I physically feel like I'm there, right? So, like, I've always said to myself, well, you know, it's not really going to have any form of effect. Um, I will say this. The first game to play on the VR 
in my you know uh, being resident in evil 7 was probably the best and the worst thing i could have done <laughs> the best thing because it, it generally felt amazing and it felt like i was there but also the worst thing because i generally was scared there were, there were people in front of us who were you know had the vr headset on and you could see them like jumping up in their chair and things like that and leaning back and looking around and, and i just thought that you know that, you know they might be exaggerating a bit lo and behold when i put that thing on the first thing i did and i just said to myself like wow i'm not, i'm actually in like a raw place and i turned 360 to look all around me and i could see the woods everywhere i looked up and i could see the sky i looked down and i could see the ground and then i was moving with the other people and you could move around them and everything it's, it's just a really really well thought out game for you know for for that for that piece of machinery and um it the game itself has done something which the resident evil franchise hasn't done for ages which is it's made a scary game games there were the last resident evil game that i found really scary where i'm talking about you know like jason put in a post the other day you know when you're you know when you're walking down a corridor and you hear a particular type of music or you're scared to turn in a corner all right resident evil hasn't done anything like that since resident evil 4 it's kind of turned into this gung-ho gears of war type of thing of just running around and, and shoot stuff this one takes it back like where you, i'm talking like you're you know you're walking down a corridor and you're taking pigeon steps um it, the graphics were amazing the sound was amazing and it's the storyline you actually don't know anything about the storyline so that makes it even better whereas like you're, you're learning everything as you're going along the game um, which I haven't seen, I think the last time I experienced something like that was probably, well, as good as that, was probably Metal Gear Solid 1, the first one on PlayStation 1. But um, let's put it this way, if I had an extra £300 floating about and I didn't have to answer to anybody or feed a child, I probably would buy the VR headset just just for Resident Evil 7. It, it generally is that good. Mm. Yeah, it was it was amazing that, that said, I, unfortunately, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't ride it out, listeners, I'm weak, but... Um... I did manage to play the game uh, in a non-VR version and um, what I played of it, it, it felt, the gameplay felt right as well because sometimes when you do uh, first-person horror games, it can be a bit, um, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the white way to describe it, but you, you, you don't feel as if you're part of it in a way that you do say with first-person shooting games, good first-person shooting games, where you feel like you're, you're actually in the middle of that battle that you're fighting in. Um, with some first-person horror games, you don't quite feel that. It, it still feels a little bit fake and a little bit, you know, kind of ethereal and, and, and you're not really there. But with Resident Evil, even in, um, as I said, without the VR, it, it, it really feels like it's you, you know? Um, and as Richard mentioned, the, the sound design is amazing. Like, there's, um, you remember, Richard, the, the part where you've got to go and get the... Um, the wrench out of uh sorry not the wrench the bolt cutters and you've got to pull it out of the piece of rotting meat on the floor yeah. and yeah. like when you grab the bolt cutters you can hear like the bolt cutters kind of squelching and the bones cracking inside of whatever dead carcass it was on the floor as you try and wrench it out all of that stuff kind of really you know that that really adds to the atmosphere and and some games you know some games do it very very well some games really give you um amazing sound design and, and suck you in but some of them kind of overlook it a little bit and are all about the visual and when you lose that that bit of um the the sound experience you lose the overall experience for me so they did that extremely well um Alf, have you played the demo at all no i'm gonna probably download it this weekend if i can and uh, see if I uh, have to change my pants or not. 
<laughs> <laughs> well, you probably will need to. I, mean, yeah. I guarantee you that much. I might hold the PC into the toilet and just, you know, just sit in the toilet and play it easier that way. <laughs> yeah, save, save yourself the journey. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. Well, listeners, as I said, we can definitely recommend it if you're you're considering it. Um, so definitely go check it out. I mean, it's available now um, on all platforms, I believe. Um, so you should be able to to get it in your local retailers or online at Amazon. And I said, if you want to read more about it, just pop over to our blog and and uh, you can get a full breakdown of what the experience was like. Okay, well, that's going to do it for our little bit of news roundup. Um, now we're going to get into the good part. Because uh, as, as I said at the top of the show, we really want to try and find out more about us. And I'm sure you want to know more about us as well. Um, so what we're going to do here is we're going to ask a few questions of Richard. Um, with a view to kind of giving you more of a sense of the kind of guy that he is and the kind of things that he likes and what makes him tick and you know what kind of makes him the geek that he is today. So, um, Richard, are you ready for this uh, Spanish Inquisition that you're going to face? Let's give it a go. Let's try it. Hey, that's my guy. That's my guy, man. <laughs> All right. So what we'll do is um, Alvin and I will alternate questions. Um, some of them are, are going to be pretty straightforward for you, to be honest. Um, and some of them you may have to think about a little bit, um, but that's fine. You're, you're not pressed for time, so you can take your time in answering the questions if you want to. But please make sure you give us a definitive answer, yeah? Yeah, okay. Don't, don't put me under pressure or anything, but yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no. Now I'm throwing you under the bus, bro. I was throwing you under the bus earlier. <laughs> now I am. <laughs> All right, let's have some fun, man. Um, Alvin, did you want to ask him the first question? Yeah, gladly. Uh, <clears throat> what got you into comics? What got me into comics? Uh, I can tell you my, my first experience that got me into comics. Um, my mum used to work nights. Um, I actually can't remember what job it was. Um, but yeah, she used to work nights. And, uh, and I, used to, I remember, I didn't, I'm, a, you know, I'm a bit of a mommy's boy. Or I was a bit of a mommy's boy. And... Um, she used to buy me just stuff to keep me quiet while she was while she was able to sneak out while my dad looked after me. And I remember her buying me a packet of chocolate buttons and a was it, it was okay. I think it was either an Incredible Hulk comic book or a Superman comic book. And I was single figures. I must have been about four or five. I, I, le I learned how to read quite early. And I just remember just falling in love. And I, and I remember that connection that I made where I was like, well, hold on, wait a minute. I'm reading this thing in my hands and I can read it whenever I want. I, lo I love reading. But yet, I can also put on the TV and at some point, uh, you know, a cartoon will come on or a film will come on or a TV show will come on that has these characters. And it just, and I just realized that, wow, like this, this universe is a bit bigger. And, um, and I, I tell you, I never stopped. I just, I just never stopped reading from there. Cool. Fair that's, enough. That's, that's, what, that's what got me into it. So uh, thank my mum. Cool, cool. That's easy enough, man. Easy enough. All right. Well, I've got one for you. This one's going to be a little bit trickier for you. So one of these two characters must go. When that means must go, that means erased from existence. Yeah. So basically, they no longer exist. There's no pop culture references to them, nothing. And you'd have to live your life as you have done from now up to this point without that character. So okay. the two characters are Gambit yeah. or Spike Spiegel. Which one goes? Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Gambit. 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 Gambit.
Gambit or Spike Spiegel? Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. Um, okay, should, should, should I give a bit of background as to who these yeah, characters are? Just in case yeah. You know. What do you want to do, man? Everybody knows who Gambit is. Gambit is a you know a long favoured member of the X Men, also known as Remy LeBeau of the Thieves Guild. Um, has been around from since the early nineties, and just by chance, I've got the first appearance of him, which is Uncanny X Men two hundred and sixty six. Um, which a friend of mine called Tracy got me for one of my birthdays for the price of twelve pounds fifty. And yesterday, I was in my local comic book store, and that issue is now worth hundred pounds. So, uh, get out, really. No shit, no shit, man. I'm being serious, man. So yeah, um, so I, I mean, even I was shocked because n- nothing has been done to that character for the longest amount of time. Um, so yeah, all right. So, th- so that's the history behind the character of Gambit. Um, oh, and he, he was meant to be played by Channing Tatum in this in a solo movie, but that's the whole kind of worms you don't really want to open. Um, the character of Spike Spiegel is from a famous anime called Cowboy Bebop from the late '90s, early 2000s. And it's about a about a group of bounty hunters, um, in the future. And it's just it's, I actually don't want to, I, I actually don't want to tell you anymore. All I can say is that literally go and watch it. There's 24 episodes and a movie. Um, and it follows uh, the crew of the Bebop, and the members of the crew are Spike Spiegel, Jet Black, Faye Valentine, uh, Ayn, and Ed. Um, like I said, you can probably catch episodes of it on Crunchyroll, uh, YouTube. It's also on Netflix as well. Go and buy it on DVD or Blu-ray to put more, more to put more money back in Shin- back into Shinichiro Watanabe's wallet, so he can maybe do some more cr- amazing anime as well. Huh. Okay. Now to the decision. So I have to choose one, and I have to tell you the reason why. Is that correct? Um. Yeah. You can give you can give a little bit of background as to why you've you've chosen the one that you've chosen but remember as said the other one that you choose they they're gone that's it done okay i would choose to lose gambit Ooh, i knew you were gonna do that <laughs> i think you made the right choice so what yeah. what um what's behind the decision to to sacrifice gambit the decision to sacrifice Gambit came at a, at a point in comic books where he he was a cool character, you know, like you know things were a bit dark and you know he was almost kind of like the you know in quotation marks that replacement for Wolverine where we got this new character over it nobody knows anything about him and he's kind of charming but kind of deadly and dangerous at the same time and that worked that was cool but then you know as things evolve and things start to change um. His character just became a bit null and void, and there's been some really, really, there's had some really, really good like solo series um, that have come since his introduction, and really good storylines in the X Men as well. Um, but I think for the past few years, he's um, he's just lost his way. Nobody knows what to do with him. Like it's very, it's, he's a, he's a character that's very hard to write. Like you can't keep on writing the same thing. Whereas like, hey, what does Gambit do? Hey, he's got you know a French accent and he's and he's a hit with the ladies. Like you need to throw them into into different types of scenarios but whereas marvel don't really know what to do with the x-men and i'm sure it's you know because they're trying to get back at fox the way how they treat the mutants they've kind of just you know left them to the side um so needs to say let's say if he's had a 10-year career probably only five years of that career have actually been worth talking about that's the reason why i would get rid of gambit um the reason why i would keep spike spiegel is because Although he's only been around for a short amount of time, the character is so well written 
and you only know so much about this person's life that it's almost as if you have a friend you know you know that when you go to college and you say hey do you remember that guy daniel he used to be in our class in our maths class and you're like yeah you know i used to speak to him when we left college a couple of years after that when i just lost contact but you might have like a couple of good stories or a couple of bad stories about him but nevertheless you will have those stories and that's what that's what the relationship of spike spiegel is like um and you know he's he's a friend of mine um so yeah so i'll, I'll keep spike spiegel okay so it's a personal thing with you there's a personal connection or more of a personal connection it's a personal connection he's just just a well-rounded and well-written character in a in a short space of time and uh and and there's no flaws in the way how he's been uh, how he's he's ever been um uh, portrayed in in anything that he's in okay cool alvin did you have any um follow-up with that or are you happy with that answer no, I'm pretty happy with the answer, man. Like, because I thought I did think that you you were going to say Spike just because, well, like you confirmed, Gambit's not not really as relevant as he used to be. So, so yeah, the fact that you went with Spike, I'm not really surprised by. All right, cool, cool, fair enough. Um, Alvin, do you want to ask him the next question? Oh yeah, did you just ask that one? Yeah, yeah, one sec. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, which 80s or 90s animated show would you like to see rebooted and why? 80s or 90s animated show, yeah? Uh, yeah. 80s or anim... Okay, all right. I would go for a famous Japanese one called G-Force Battle for the Planets. It was actually created in the 70s. Okay, wait a minute. No, no. Can I choose more than one? No. Well, it says 80s or 90s here, so already you're cheating already. Yeah, so you're cheating already. <laughs> what did you say? Did you say 80s, yeah? 80s yeah. or 90s. Or 90s. But you said 80s or 90s. Yeah. No, 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 I'll explain to you the reason, the reason why I'm not cheating. G-Force Battle for the Planets, which was, which was my original choice, was created in the 70s. But, yeah, but surely that makes it so... null and void then, regardless of when no, it no, hit... So, so excuse, excuse me, you, you've asked me a question, I'm giving you an answer. Okay. <laughs> Order in the court. Order. <laughs> all right, I'll let you finish what you're saying, but I'm still going to stump all over it anyway. Go on, knock yourself okay. out, lad. Listen, said, order in the court. Remember what happened to Harvey Dent? Behave yourself. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> um, G-Force Battle for the Planets was created in the 70s, but it wasn't released uh, in the US and the UK until the 80s. So, 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 so basically, to me, is is an '80s cartoon. That, that's the thing. Hmm. Is, is, I, th- I think that's no, a nice no, loophole. No, no, no example. No loopholes here, mate. <laughs> Jason, 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 I think Jason, I think Jason, it has to legit be made in the in the '80s or '90s, rather than something that's like been exported over that was actually in Japan in the '70s. Okay, yeah. so is that is that what is that what both of you are saying? That's what I'd say. Sorry, and also, I just like being hard on you anyway. <laughs> if we were in prison, you'd be, the, you'd be the guy that tried and steal my food at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm afraid I must, uh, I must concur with uh, my fellow Judge Alvin there. You need to stick to the remit of the question, which is 80s or 90s animated show that you would like to see rebooted. So it needs to be something that originally came out within that period. Okay. All right. Uh, see, the thing is, 
to a lot of the listeners out there who may be a bit younger than us, I generally do consider the cartoons of the 80s and 90s to be, you know, far superior to what we've been, you know, to what we're getting now. So um, I actually wouldn't like to see a reboot of anything. But um, if I had to choose one, and, um, and I'm not allowed to choose G-Force Back for the Planets because some people are difficult, <laughs> um, then I would choose a cartoon called... Oh, what's it called again? Um, Samurai Pizza Cats. Really? Yeah. You choose that? Why? I'll tell you the reason why. Because Samurai Pizza Cats came out... I, I, number one, I think that it was a cartoon that was way ahead of its time. Um, the animation for it was amazing. Uh, the storylines were amazing. And it was, it was just like a nice parody of everything that came out from Japan and, and all types of like, and stuff that came out from the West as well. I mean, um, anybody that doesn't know is what the cartoon is, is uh, basically about uh, a pizza company or a pizza shop uh, by day, but the people that actually run the shop are actually samurai pizza cats. And they, um, and they go and they fight crime. Yeah, I know. And I know you guys are thinking, this sounds like an idea that, um, you know, that, you know, that producers, you know, came up with while, you know, snorting cocaine and taking LSD at the same time. Um, but it generally does feel like that. But what they was really good at was making fun of all the other genres that the thing was based on. So I actually remember an episode where they were taking the mick out of um, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which you need to take into account was is quite a fair feat, considering that the Turtles itself took elements from, you know, uh, Japanese anime and also Western comics, like you know things like Daredevil and uh, Wolverine and Punisher and things like that. Um, so it was quite. An, it was a nice uh, big three six, big three sixty for Japanese cartoons to look at all types of uh, you know geek culture, and you know and, and not take itself seriously, but also put out really really good stories. So the reason why I would like to see that rebooted um, is just for the simple fact that I think, like I said, a lot of the cartoons that have been released now are, are just a pile of nonsense, and I'd like to see them you know you know take the mick out of it. Uh, yeah, and it literally as simple as that. I just think that people just need to not take things so seriously and just remember that, you know, that you know, take it back to what cartoons and animation was about. And, you know, as much as it's informative and you, you, you make these bonds with some of these characters and you love these stories, it still is fun. So that's the reason why I do a reboot of Samurai, Samurai Pizza Cats. Okay, cool. For the, for the, for the benefit of uh, clarity um and full disclosure samurai pizza cats yep. is um probably the cartoon i would have chose as well because I, I love that show as well i, I really did <laughs> uh, bonus question rich who who is your favorite oh oh easily speedy ceviche really i liked guido you know well, yeah yeah you like guido but but you take into account like speedy ceviche was you know was the quote-unquote leader and he's just full of himself so that exactly so when i'm watching a cartoon I think that's me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know me already. I think the song is about me, yeah. <laughs> like when we, when and for the listeners out there, I'm slightly deviating because that's what I do. Jay, when we spoke about the, today's episode, we were like, oh no, who are we gonna do first? You knew I was gonna say me, because you know that's what I'm like. <laughs> like, oh, who are we gonna do first? And I was like, well, you know, we can do me. I don't, you know, you. I mean, you don't mind, do you? And you were like. No, I don't mind. It's such a straight face. And I was like, yeah, he knows me. So that's the reason why I like Speedy Ceviche. Like, he had the best weapon. He was the leader. I think he had one of the coolest suits. And, he, you know, he, the show, you know, generally revolved around him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing they did do very well, as you pointed out, which was um, satire. They they love to do um, satire. They love to um, kind of mimic and and mock, like not mock, but you know, kind of um, as I said, satirize other cartoons of, of the time and. Um, typical kind of tropes from from Japanese animation at that time. They love to satirize as well. Um, so it really was like a, a fun and, and vibrant show. Um, so even though on paper it looked like it was just a rip off of the Turtles, in fact, it was actually, there's a lot more going to it than, than that. So um, definitely, listeners, I would recommend you look that up on YouTube if you've never seen Samurai Pizza Cats before. It's, it's actually very, very funny. Um, Alvin, Judge Alvin, what do, you, what do you think? Do you accept that answer? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, because you know I used to watch that when I was a kid. In it, I was just surprised that that came out of his mouth. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was going to say that. Um, if I think outside the UK, you can actually watch it on Crunchyroll. Uh, I think still because it was on there in like 2015. I'm not sure if it's still on there now, but yeah, if you want to check it out, you can also see it on Crunchyroll if the licensing isn't messed up in your area, in your area or region. Wicked. All right. Um... Alvin, do you want to get the, this one for him as well? Because I've got two more that um that oh, sure, yeah. for Richard's answer. So, um, yeah, you can grab the next question as well. Okay. If money was no object, what would you do all day? If money was no object, what would I do all day? Um, let me see. I think I would train. That's what I do. I would train all day. So what I mean, training. I'm I'm quite a physical person. I haven't been for the the past few months because I've got a, a hand injury, but I've always participated in some form of sport, um, or you know, or physical activity. Um, so yeah, so I think I would just train all day, partly because I love the feeling, um, and, I, and I'm and I'm quite a healthy person, so to speak. I've got you know a couple of bad vices and habits like anybody, but also because I'm a geek and there's that small portion inside my head where I'm like, you know what? If I do all of this one day, if the zombie apocalypse happens or somehow somebody gives me like, you know, X amount of money and I, I'm, I'm allowed to like build an underground, you know, underground secret base, you know, not like the bat cave, you know, like maybe like, like Dick, the Dick cave, we call it the Dick cave, right? Then I can be a superhero. So that's what I would do all day. If money is no objective, I would train all day. Yoga, martial arts, um, some form of racket sport. Um, some CrossFit up in there. Yeah, that's what I would do all day. Yeah, get your Ben Affleck on, man. Like in Batman yeah, v Superman. Start dragging them tires all over the place. I'm gonna make you feel good. <laughs> I've never seen somebody look so depressed while doing CrossFit. Right? It's like he, he just did not look look at me at all. It's like man, CrossFit sucks. <laughs> this no, movie sucks. I want to go make live by night. <laughs> Why am knew, I doing this? He knew he wasn't going to do a Batman film at that point. He was like, this Batman film, shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. He trolled everyone. He knew it already. <laughs> yeah, he knew from early, man. <laughs> so you train all day, every day, if you could. Yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Well, boy, good. Listeners, I can tell you from personal experience that Richard had as, as a boundless amount of energy. So when he says he would train all day, he, he's not bullshitting you. He would train all day. I know that for a fact. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Just added that for uh, a bit 
of authenticity and a bit of clarity there. All right, man. Well, we've got two more questions for you, bro. You've done well. You've done well. You've um, let people know about you. But there's two more here for you. So this one might be a bit tricky for you. So the scenario is this. You're approached to follow the path of one of two masters of their arts. One of them is Chirrut Imwe. The other is Grandmaster Yoda. Who do you choose and why? Oh, um, so Chirrut or Master Yoda? And that's who I can learn on the right, yeah? Mm-hmm. And am I, am I force sensitive or am I able to use the force? Is there even a difference? You no, know, you things? have your, um, your, your standard abilities uh, at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think it'd be a bit of a no-brainer. As much as I, I love the character of Chirrut, um, you know, if you're going to learn with someone, you might as well learn with the best. And, and Master Yoda has, has been, you know, as it stands right now, he's on record as being, you know, one, one of the best um, Jedi Masters that have ever, ever lived. Um, and if you don't believe me, when George Lucas made that whole midichlorians bullshit, I swear to God, doesn't like Obi-Wan say something like, oh my God, Anakin Skywalker has like as many chlor- midichlorians as like Master Yoda. So, you know. 20,000 is the exact number. Yeah. Oh, 20,000 is that number. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so um, if and, and if Darth Vader was a bit of a badass, well, especially after that Rogue One last fifteen minutes spoiler scene that I've just you know I've just said, um, and Master Yoda was as good as if not better, then um, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to go with Master Yoda. I think I think he would teach. Basically, if you think about it, anyway, Chewet is, uh, is you know his direct lineage or descendant, uh, teach wise or teaching wise or learning wise from Master Yoda anyway. So yeah, so Master Yoda would be would be a no brainer. All right. So Judge Alvin, um, as our resident Star Wars judge, are you happy to accept the answer? Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm surprised the. Uh, I'm surprised he went with Yoda. For it's going to go with Chirrut. I have to admit, so so am I slightly as well. I, I thought he would choose Chirrut as well, um, just simply because it's Donnie Yen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you surprised me. So well done. <laughs> All right, Rich, we've got one more for you. So, another scenario type situation, yeah? So, if you were forced to play one video game from now until the day that you die, which game would you choose? Fucking hell, that's a hard question, that. That is not a hard question in the It's not a hard question. What are you talking about? There's loads of great games. Metal Gear Solid 1. What the fuck? Really? (laughs) Metal Gear Metal Why do you Gear want to play Sol- a game from bloody 1996 or whenever until the end of time? Metal Gear Solid 1. I'm telling you that. Why? Now. Metal Gear Solid is, 1. Tell us why. Why? Because, because like, every every game that you may like now, like, okay, so, okay, if I don't mind me asking that, what game would you choose? So, just so I can Yo, you can ask me that when it's my turn, innit? Right now, this is about you, no, lad. You have different questions. You won't have the same <laughs> questions as me. I'm answering shit until have- my week. Uh, if I may, okay, all right, well, I think the, the Judge Alvin is correct. You thank you. <laughs> to why you've chosen Metal Gear Solid. Man, that you two are full of shit. I like picking on me. That's just my <laughs> hey, you're in court, pal. That's the way it works. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, like Metal Gear Solid 1, it, it's, it's just a classic. It's, it's a classic game. Like Nothing can be faulted with that game. 
and the story is just amazing. The voice acting is amazing. Uh, like the characters in it are amazing. Like to to me, it's it's a ten out of ten game. Like you, you cannot go wrong with it. I remember playing. I remember playing it, and I tell you what it is. I remember playing it for the the first time properly by myself, and being upset that I was able to get through the game because I'd watched my friend play it. I knew how to get past certain bits, but that thing, like you know, what um, Hideo Kojima brought to the gaming world with that first game. There's a lot of there's a lot of young gamers out there now that that don't understand hmm. what oh, like sorry, bits we, where you're fighting. Just, just to for a second, um, we should probably point out for the sake of clarity and before we get like loads of nerds attacking us, that even though you're referring to Metal Gear Solid One, it's actually the Metal Gear Solid that that came on PS. One that yeah, not the old eight-bit one, eight-bit versions of, of Metal Gear Solid. Sorry, go on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, that's that's right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm talking like like, you know, not not even just scenes, but scenes and and action scenes where you're participating in cutscenes where you've got people like Psycho Mantis reading reading your memory cards, and you having to figure out that you have to take out your memory card or take out your controller from port one and put it into port two, um, getting given boxes by characters in the game and telling you that when you need the code, just look on the back of the box and not knowing that the actual box that the game came in in the real world is where you have to turn it over and look for the code. Shit like that? Are you kidding me? That's that's not even just game history or game... Ma- that's, that's To me, that's cinema history. That's cinema magic for me. Like, Metal Gear Solid isn't just a game. It's a, it's a freaking film. The amount of references it has, you know, to, to so many different types of, of you know, of, of pop culture... That alone is amazing. Um, his, um, you know, his his, uh, his influences from different types of cinema, not just p- any particular one, but all types. Whether it be like you know, spaghetti westerns or French cinema, like it, it's it's just a beautiful, made, beautifully made game. The music in it is amazing. Uh, it's ties to like real history. You know, or, you know, don't get me wrong. They've taken bit. They've taken liberty to make this game possible. But when you look at the base of it, when they're talking about things like gene therapy. And the different types of soldiers that you know that existed in you know in in different types of the countries, or they talk about weapons. All of their research was done. Like anybody who hasn't played Metal Gear Solid, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's probably going to be a bit hard for you to go and play, you know, and and you know, maybe with the controller pad and the type of graphics that will be on the screen. But you, you know, you, you've generally missed out on a piece of like gaming history, and I, I could easily play that game all day every day. And plus, it's the closest that I'll ever get to playing a game or in any way, way or form, apart from being Solid Snake, but being bloody Snake Plissken from Escape from New York. There, there you go. Okay. Judge Alvin, you that. are you happy you with that? You, you, pa- you know what? Him, like, obviously, you know, it is a seminal game. And yeah, you know, you did acknowledge, like, it'll be a bit clunky to play for people now and all that. I still don't see how you could play that game every day, because I don't, I see it as a great game, but I don't see it as a fun game that you could like marathon or whatever. But fair play, you sold it. You sold it well. All right, all right. I'd have to agree as well. I mean, I really love that Metal Gear Solid game. I mean, the, me and Richard spent a lot of time. Well, I didn't really play it that much when when um, Richard had it. I used to just go around to his house and watch him play it. Mm. But it was one of those things when Richard talks about kind of like the cinematic experience of of the game it's one of the kind of it's probably not the first game that i remember to do that 
but certainly it's one of the more memorable ones to do it in terms of the way that they did their cinematics in those games. Um, and I remember just being content sitting down watching for like what we sit down in your room for what three four hours, Rich, and I'll just watch you play it. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be all good, you know. Like Rich's mum would make some jollof, I'd, I'd have some jollof, and we'd sit down and, and watch Richard play like Metal Gear Solid, man. Um, just because the just the experience of it was 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 so detailed um, and and just so brilliant. So um, yeah, I think for for me, you've made a, a cracking choice there, mate. So well done with that one. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it for your question. So you've done well. How how did you think the uh, experience went, Rich? Oh yeah, no, that was cool. Um, hopefully, you know, people who asked those questions, hopefully I gave a, an answer that was sufficient enough for them. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of nice just and different just being under the on the other side, you know, uh, mm. looking down the barrel of the gun instead of uh, the one holding the trigger. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit sure, but I think I handled it well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. You did a good job, man. You did a good job. Well, thanks, listeners. Uh, thanks to those of you who contributed questions as well. Uh, we really appreciate that. We'll be doing this uh, for all of us. So that means it will be Alvin's turn to sit in the chair soon. And it will also be my turn to sit in the chair soon as well. Um, so, yeah, just so <laughs> it doesn't seem like we're spending this episode just gagging up on Richard. We're all going to go through this. So. If you have any questions for us like that, um, please feel free to send them in to us. Uh, we have a dedicated email address that you can contact us on, which is uh, wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. So any questions like that that you want us to discuss on the pod, just pop them in the email and send them over. Or if you follow us on social media, you can always drop us a line there as well. All right, guys, we did have a listener question this week as well. Um, the question came in from Tyler. Uh, big up, Tyler. Uh, and he asked, uh, who should be the villain for the animated Spider-Man movie? And should Peter Parker be alive or dead? Um, Alvin, what do you reckon? Who should be the, the villain for this animated Spider-Man movie? Uh, okay. Well, considering kind of Miles' first kind of major villain in, um, in Ultimate Spider-Man, um, in the Ultimate Universe, was actually his uncle. It was his uncle Aaron. So I'd probably say his uncle Aaron, uh, who was going by Prowler, because uh, he just kind of he made for something interesting, you know what I mean, for his uncle to find out that Miles was Spider-Man, to try and manipulate him and things like that. I thought that was like a really cool story and a really good way to kind of have Miles get his own rogues gallery going. Uh, in regards to kind of as to whether Peter should be alive or not, uh, I don't actually fucking care, just because it's like... <laughs> If you because like the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that they've been doing, it goes around. There's like I think they've been doing Web Warriors or whatever the, the arc is called, where he goes around to different universes and that Peter Parker, and um, and yeah, he does meet a Miles, uh, and I, I don't think they ever address as to whether there is a Peter in the universe that Miles is from in that cartoon. So as to whether they do that in a film or not, I don't give a shit. If they say Peter's dead, then fine, I'm cool with it. If they say there is a Peter Parker, but he never became Spider-Man, I'll be cool with that. I literally don't give a shit what they do. Just as long as it's good. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Plain and frank terms and opinions from the man geek as always. <laughs> um, Rich, how about you, man? Did you have any thoughts about uh, who should be a villain for this animated Spider-Man movie, and should Peter Parker be alive or dead? Um, I think 
they should make Peter Parker dead and obviously set it in the Ultimate Universe. Um, you mentioned the, the crossover, the Web Warrior crossover. They, the, the universe that Parker goes to, well, the Miles Morales universe that he does go to, they do address that Peter Parker's dead. Oh, do they? Um, yeah, yeah, they, they go to the yeah. Okay, okay. And then he's like, oh my God, like, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then Miles Morales gives him that speech of, well, listen, like, you helped, you left, you left the legacy. So they, you know, they follow the same path as, 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 the, as the comic book. Um, I think it would be interesting, um, yeah, to make him dead, but obviously it won't be, you know, Marvel Universe 616 Peter Parker, so you're not really going to upset fanboys too much. But I think um, if you're going to, just for the simple fact that you're giving Mars Morales his, his own animated, you know, animated movie, then just make it his, like, you know, obviously, you know, make sure you know that he's carrying a legacy, but make it his. I don't want to see Peter Parker pop up anyway. We, we don't need that. We don't need, we don't need two Spider-Men. It, it, like, it, it, they'll be doing the same mistake that they did with like bloody BBS Batman versus Superman. You don't need two superheroes in one film, especially so early. Just let him have his own thing, let him establish his own character. Um, the villain that he should fight against, I actually don't know. I mean, to tell the truth, I actually, I've only read a, a handful of Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man comic books. If I had to choose somebody that he would fight against, um. In an, anime, in an animated movie, maybe one of the symbiotes, just because that's the only thing that I can think of the top of my head. The Green Goblin has been done quite well. Um, the Sandman, I think, would be too much of a stretch. But I'd like his first first opponent to really put him through the ringer um, and really make him come of age, because like he's going to be, you know, he, he's like a, I think he's as young as, if not younger than Peter Parker when he became Spider Man. So really make this really make this his trial of passage as to the reason why he's taken upon this legacy, and and what better what better way than you know facing against somebody who essentially could be you, you know it's like looking in the mirror. So so I think it'd be good, and I, and I would choose Carnage because um he's just a, a crazy motherfucker. He's just a serial killer, you know. Like the amount of the amount of growing up that that Miles Morales will have to do to fight against a villain that will be amazing. Um, but then, yeah, but maybe that might be a bit too quick or a bit too fast for just one movie alone. But um, like I said, that's just literally off the top of my head. Yeah. Also, I think Carnage is probably going to be a bit too hard for what they're going for, really, um, for the animated movie. Because obviously, bear in mind, this is something that's going to be marketed to kids. Um, so I, I don't know if um, they're going to go for, for Carnage necessarily, as much as I'd love to see it as well, mm. because all of your points are valid. Um, and it definitely would would be awesome to see Miles um, be put to the test against somebody who's really going to test him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that would be tricky, especially straight off. I mean, you you could probably get to that if you work towards that down the road. But I think yeah, yeah. for Carnage, I mean, he's a serial killer, and there's no nice way of kind of of writing that into a um, into an animated movie script for for kids, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a tricky question. I think I'll probably agree with Alvin um, with the uh, setting up his uncle as a villain because uh, you can get some nice kind of family tension um, going on there. Uh, so that makes sense to me. So yeah, I'd probably agree with that. And I agree with both of you. I think uh, Peter, there, there's no need for Peter to be around. This is Miles' story, man. Tell Miles' story. Um, you could definitely obviously make reference to Peter Parker. You know, um, you know uh, that's that's no problem. We all know where uh, Miles Morales comes from, and for those who don't, and who will be going into the movie for the first time, 
um, you don't want to confuse them. So, you know, let's establish Miles as, as, as a character and let people see why Miles is such a great character. Um, and you can still, as said, reference Peter Parker. You can still pay homage to Peter Parker, but there's there's no need for him to, to be around in the movie. So, yeah, I agree with both yeah. of you, man. Like, there's no need for him to yeah. be. So you can kill him. All right. Well, that's it, man. We've covered all of our topics for this week. Um, so let me just round things up quickly. Uh, Alvin, did you want to let people know what you've been doing with Blue Milk in the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, well, I've, um, I'm in the process of actually doing a new video, uh, kind of more comedy based, um, but hopefully it should go well. Uh, so if you like my sense of humor, you should like the video when it eventually hits. If you hate my sense of humor, you should also like the video when it eventually hits. And if you don't have a sense of humor, you'll probably like the video when it hits. <laughs> cool, cool, good stuff. Um, Alvin, for those of you who don't know who are listening, uh, currently has a, a YouTube channel up um, simply called The Mank Geek. Uh, I believe it is, Alvin, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so he's doing a series of, of videos, uh, Star Wars-related videos called Blue Milk. Um, which are usually just short videos um, talking about a specific uh, subject around sort of Star Wars lore or Star Wars movies or, or um, anything Star Wars related, really. Um, they're actually quite good because they're quite bite-sized and quite fun. So, you you know, you don't have to spend too much time committing to the video. So if you're a Star Wars fan listening to this and um, you want to learn a little bit more about Star Wars or if you just want to see Alvin make a fool of himself on YouTube, then you're welcome <laughs> to do that too. <laughs> But they're definitely worth going to, to check out, man. So um, go and pay him a visit over there. Um, Rich, did you want to share anything about what you're up to or give any recommendations for this week or anything? Uh, recommendations, comic book-wise, what have I picked up? Um, oh, I picked this up, I think, last week or the week before. It was the um, Civil War II, The Oath, which is kind of like a roundup. Yeah. Superman. Um, <laughs> um, it was a, it was a roundup to um, what I found to be quite boring um, Civil War Two um, storyline, which started off last year. But this issue really, really put some feels and sent some chills down my spine. I mean, I, I really can't say too much of what's happened in it. Um, but it involves Captain America and Iron Man, and Captain Marvel, and Shield. But it's almost like a reverse of how the Iron Man went to go and visit um, uh, Captain America's body after he was assassinated on the steps of, you know, of his trial. Um, apart from that, nothing else has really been happening. Um, me and Jason, uh, underneath the Wulong Talks banner, might have a little something lined up. Hopefully, um, we're doing a bit of a, uh, a brainstorming and pitch, um, so we should know some information or some, have something back for you by Tuesday. And um and yeah, that's it really. Um tell you if I've just been looking after help looking after my boy this past week, so it's been quite quiet for me. Um, which is something he's not. So yeah, so that's it for me. Lovely jobly, thank you. Um yeah, as Richard mentioned, uh, there is something that's uh, in the works that we may possibly be um working on co going forward. Um as things develop with that, of course, we'll let you guys know as well. So um it should be an exciting project. So look out for that one. Um, and we're also hoping to uh, secure a few people to interview as well. Um, obviously, we know you guys like listening to us, but 
you know, it's nice to hear from other people too. Uh, and we have a couple of people that are lined up that we're going to be bringing on board with you. Um, we'll let you know as soon as we've got things finalized and um, we know exactly when those people will be coming along to, to chat with us. Um, but those interviews should be really, really interesting once we get them going. So um, as I said, stay tuned to us uh, and we'll let you know when that's happening. So in terms of uh, subscribing to the podcast, as I said at the top of the show, uh, we are now available on iTunes and on Stitcher. Um, on both of those, uh, you simply need to go to the specific app on your smartphone or your tablet, or if you're using the web, just to search for those websites. And then all you need to do is to search for Wulong Talks. Uh, we will pop up. You just need to click on the subscribe button and then you'll be able to enjoy this episode and all the other episodes we've done so far. Plus you'll automatic, ooh, pardon me, automatically get updated with all of the latest episodes of our podcast as and when they record as well. So you'll be able to get hold of that too. Uh, also doing a few uh, different things on the blog. So I'm, I'm hoping to get a few posts up uh, this week on the blog as well. Uh, I posted up recently a review for T2 train spotting, uh, which I was able to check out uh, last week. It's actually really good. Um, I do recommend it, um, especially if you're a fan of trains of the original train spotting film. Um, this one is a really good like conclusion to that story. So uh, definitely go and check it out if if you can. But um, as said, if you're not sure, you can always read the review on the blog. Uh, just head on over to www.wulongtalks.com and you'll be able to find our review there and loads of other reviews that i've written and as i said i've got a few other blog posts coming up this week which should be fun as well so um stay tuned for that all right that's going to do it for us so thanks a lot for listening um alvin do you want to let people know where they can find you at yeah, you can find me on uh, instagram and twitter uh at big a 85 gl cool and richard do you want to let people know where they can find you at yeah, uh, Instagram under Rich Reviews, um, Instagram, uh, also Wulong Talks, uh, Twitter, which I am steadily but surely using or starting to use uh, under Rich Reviews, and uh, obviously the website where you can find me and Jay, uh, com. Yeah, and I think that's it. Cool. Yeah. Well, as I said, Richard is um, just getting to grips with Twitter. Um, so if you guys want to follow him and spam him, please do. Uh, that would give me no end of joy if you did that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, Richard is on Twitter. I'm usually on Twitter at Wulong Talks. So you can always give me a shout on Twitter as well if you're a Twitter user. And uh, as Richard mentioned as well, we have the Instagram uh, account, Wulong Talks as well, where we're trying to post something up every day to kind of keep it fresh and keep it a bit funny as well and share our kind of sense of humor um, and the kind of people that we are. So log on to those if you're an Instagram user. So, all right, that's going to do it from us. So I'm going to say good night. Um, Alvin, say good night. See you later, peeps. Richard, say good night. Good night. Good night. Hey, that's Luca as well. Luca, say good night again. Good night. Hey, there you go. <laughs> We're going to have to bring Luca on board as well, I think, at some point. <laughs> All right, folks, so this good night from me. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, make sure you come and check us next week. Uh, peace. We'll see you later. We're out of here. <laughs>